Today is a new episode of Chalchitra Talks and we have a very special guest amongst us. His name is Vineet Masram who is a filmmaker and he also runs a YouTube channel which is famous by the name Cinema Beyond Entertainment where he analyzes films talks about world cinema and also Hindi cinema. So over to Vineet Masram for a few movie recommendations. So today I'm going to recommend seven avant-garde cinema. So before I dive into recommending uh, those seven movies let me just speak uh, something about avant-garde cinema. So most of the people's perception especially the modern movie goers perception towards avant-garde cinema is generally of it's the movie about people who are snobbish and it's is these are the films which are only made to show and show off the filmmaking skills and nothing else they have nothing to say in a way there's nothing to take out from those movies that is in my opinion is completely false avant-garde is a french term which literally means advanced garde it's a military term also uh another word for it is vanguard so the point is these are the people if i if i have to speak it in a militaristic term avangards is the front line of a battle which is the first one to both attack and in cases most of the cases sacrifice to take that analogy into arts avangard artists are the artists who are actually pushing the boundaries of your everyday regular uh artwork So in terms of cinema what is happening currently in the contemporary time one have to push it it takes an avant-garde filmmaker to come forward and push those uh, cinematic boundaries so the first one i'm recommending is louis bunuel's unchain andelo that came out in 1929 so if you watch unchain andelo it actually makes no sense uh, there is a protagonist yes there is a there are a couple of protagonists but there is no narrative there is no plot the film has nothing to say and you can interpret as much as you want but bunuel himself said the film is about absolutely nothing it is he made the film with his friend uh, salvador dali it is kind of a visual representation of the nightmares that they had experienced uh, they tried to come out with as much close to the, those nightmares as possible in the cinema and cinema for them felt the most natural medium to do that there's a very famous shot in the film where the one of the actors who is bunuel himself is cutting the eye of a lady uh, which then cuts to uh, the cloud cutting the moon which cuts back to uh, people are still debating is it a pig or a lamb uh, that's eye is being cut in reality but the movie that's just the prologue the actual film starts after that uh and the shots and the images that after that proceed after that actually makes absolutely zero sense but they don't have to the entire film was just a representation of uh, the reaction of reaction to uh, the smooth narratives that the western cinema was trying to uh, trying to inhabit and this movie is it isn't great for what it is it's great for the context in which it is made the second film i would recommend is meshes of the afternoon by maya deren and alexander hamid again like unchain andelov this is more of a representation of a dream like uh, approach to both the filmmaking and the story many people compare this film to unchain andelov but maya deren herself detested that uh, comparison for the sole reason that her argument was surrealist have nothing to say but her film has something to say if you remember inception there is a shot in inception there is an entire se- fight sequence in inception in a hotel corridor which almost represents zero gravity there's a shot in meshes of the afternoon where 
Maya Deren is trying to climb uh, upstairs uh, in her house, and it almost feels like zero gravity. And that entire effect, and she sells that effect convincingly. I believe that. Uh, and it's only done with a couple of strong table fans, most probably, and the camera movement, nothing else. And it, all, it feels like this is, you are in zero gravity. What Nolan did in 2010, Maya Deren did that in 1943. So the third film that I'm recommending is by Chris Marker and it's called La Jate. Now La Jate is an interesting one. You can't call it a motion picture because it's a movie that has voiceover and only photographs. It's a 28 minute long film, but there is only one shot in the film which is actually, uh, which has movement where the leading lady is close up and her eyes are blinking. That's the only shot. Uh, it is a science fiction film. It's about post-apocalyptic world and we are into this dystopian world right now. And people have figured out how to travel time, but they don't know how to break into certain specific time. So they find out a man and he's the one who has so much control on his consciousness that he can decide and stay in a particular timeline. So this movie is about this man moving back and forth in both the future and in the past. I will not say anything further regarding the plot because that's one for you to discover and trust me, it's, some of, it's probably one of the best time travel film ever. It's 28 minute long, it's just photographs, but it's, these are photographs which when you watch it with sound, the sound design is just magnificent. If you watch it with sound, it feels like photographs are moving. Even the, the very first shot is the shot of an airport and it, they, they zoom out from uh, the shot. And it feels like those planes are actually there, moving. They will about to go. They will about go off and uh, get out, uh, take soar into the sky. So the fourth film that I'm recommending now is uh, Last Year at Marian Bad by Alan Rene. It came out in 1961. It's a film that takes place entirely into a, into a baroque uh, grand hotel. Uh, it's about a man trying to convince a woman that he met her a year back. Uh, and promise, and where she promised him that wait till a year uh, so that we can decide if we are meant to be with each other uh, a year after or not. The entire film is about a man trying to convince this woman uh, to fall in love with him again. But the woman has no recollection of that meeting. So the movie moves back and forth in time. Uh, it moves into the flashback, moves forward, uh, comes back. But at the same time, it's a very cold film. He's trying to convince her how much he loves her and how much affection they had when they met. But the film has zero warmth in it. He's talking to this girl about their previous meeting, but he's mostly talking through his recollections of statues and the architecture. Uh, nothing to do with the feelings. Nothing to do with how we felt when they were uh, with each other. The film has very unconventional structure. Uh, it has absolutely zero plot. Uh, again, a lot of people say the movie has nothing to say. But there is there are there is a lot to unpack here. There are too many interpretations already out, and the movie the movie is designed in a way that it leads to mul those multiple interpretations. As far as the influence is concerned, hardly anybody has not been influenced uh, by this film. The next film that I am recommending is by Inma Bergman, and it's called Persona. It's one of my favorite films. It again borrows from that oneric nature of Last Year and Marianbad uh, into this story about a couple. Two ladies, one a one an actor, a theater actor or an, and a film actor, 
who has stopped speaking all of a sudden in the middle of a play. And now she's in this uh, hospital and she's going through her treatment and she has been appointed a nurse uh, played by Bibi Anderson. Her character name is Alma. These two ladies on an island talking to each other, opening up. It's mostly, the most of the talking is done by, of course, uh, Alma because the other character is not speaking. The film then moves into an examination of what is the real personality, what is the projected personality, who's real, who's a persona. Uh, it moves into this psycho, uh, psychological horror state and it persists with that state throughout the end of the film. If last year and Marienbad and Persona had an aspect of oneric nature to it, the next film that I'm recommending is Highlight and I would say the granddaddy of all the oneric cinema. And it's called The Mirror, directed by Andrei Tarkovsky. Again, this movie also has absolutely no plot. There is no story. It is a semi-autobiographical film about Andrei Tarkovsky's memories about his mother, uh, his grandmother and grandfather. So the movie moves from the supposedly present time into his dream states, into his past and into the dream states of his past. And you have no idea at what state you are in at what moment. There are a couple of dream sequences which are my favorite. My favorite one is the first one uh, in which the mother is washing her hair uh, from a big sort of a tub and then she gets up and ceiling starts to fall off. Uh, everything happens in slow motion. It does uh, take you into the story, although it has none, but it transports you into a dreamlike situation. It's not about talking photographs, which is what most of the current cinema constitutes. It's about images talking to each other and we are invited to be part of that very intimate conversation which Tarkovsky is having with his own memories and be sort of a first-hand witness to this through this film called The Mirror. So please do watch it. So the last film that I'm recommending is a stop-motion claymation animation film. Uh, it's called Dimension of Dialogue, uh, directed by a very lesser-known filmmaker, Jan Swankmeyer. Terry Gilliam, one of my favorite filmmakers, ranked it among the best uh, animation films ever, and I completely agree with him. When I saw it, the film for the first time, I was amazed by it. Uh, the movie, again, like all the films that I've recommended so far, has no story or the plot. This movie also has no characters. There is no hero, there's no heroine, there's absolutely nothing. Uh, what it has is a bunch of clay models, bunch of uh, made-up models uh, in the style of Archimboldo's uh, paintings, uh, and they are having conversation with each other. And the conversation is represented as uh, models uh, fighting with each other, almost in a way. So the movie is divided in three parts. The first part is Eternal Conversation, uh, which is the longest part of the film. The second part is Passionate uh, Discourse, which, is, which takes place among two clay models, man and a woman. And it's almost like the first part is them passionately making love with each other. And the second part is how that relationship breaks down to the point that both the models end up in a melted uh, situation. And the third one is uh, exhaustive discussion. The way the conversation takes place visually is almost as if they are talking past each other. It's like two elderly people who cannot understand what the other person is talking about and still go ahead as a conversation. Watch it for the ideas, 
represented visually. Watch it for what cinema is and what cinema can do without dialogue, having a conversation with the audience. And that is what, for me, cinema is all about. Having a conversation with audience purely visually. People talk about there is no such thing as pure cinema. They don't know shit. There is a thing called pure cinema. And that is cinema that talks with visuals and images and the conversation of images among themselves. That's what medium specificity is about. We are not translating literature into picture. We are translating picture into consciousness. And that's the job of cinema. And that is what avant-garde cinema tries to do, should do, and must do. And we as an audience m must encourage these filmmakers so that the boundaries of conventionality in filmmaking are pushed more and more so that ultimately we are the one who will be benefit benefited the most. And keep watching Chalachitra Talks uh, and keep supporting Chalachitra Talks because ultimately without your support, uh, maintaining these channels is very hard. I know from my own experience. So support Weber, uh, support his endeavor, support Chalachitra Talks. Keep watching and do subscribe. Thank you.